0: hello guys welcome back to daily diva with sarah it's your host sarah thank you guys for tuning in i hope that you guys are having a fabulous saturday because i definitely am last night i got 12 hours of sleep and that never happens i can't remember the last time i got that amount of sleep in like one day um but i did and it's not you know, a normal thing that happens because my body usually wakes me up at 6 or 7 a.m. regardless of it being weekday or weekday because, you know, for work I get up at around 6 or 7 a.m. so my body gets so used to that, even on days I don't set an alarm for that time, my body will naturally wake me up. and then so regardless of whether the night before I fell asleep around 3 or 4 or 5 even, I will wake up at the same time and it honestly feels low key like a curse. But last night, I'm telling you, not only did I get 12 hours of sleep, I got really high quality sleep. I dreamt like 10 different dreams, and when I dream like that, I know that like I'm having a great time in my sleep. So it sucks I can't remember any dreams, but then I'm just feeling like a new person. Like I'm feeling glorious right now. I can't even like expand other than that (laughs) and I feel just rejuvenated for the entire month of February and you know I'm exaggerating obviously but that's just like how good I feel and I think I have to give credit to that weighted blanket that I've been using for the past three days because that's the only thing that changed between today and three days ago and I've been getting really good sleep so again If you guys are insomniacs out there and you've tried all options except the weighted blanket then you know hint hint this could be what's the game changer and i want to like help people find solutions for things in any realm of life where i can be of help so this is my way of doing that right now on this episode. Come on, like, we all know how valuable sleep is. And, like, it's something that should never be taken lightly, sleep. Because literally our whole day will be shaped around how many hours we sleep. Not that it's the only one. um. But, yeah, like, get your life together with the weighted blanket. It's, like, wow. Like, just saying. Okay. Anyway, um, I hope that you're having a beautiful day. Because even though it's cold outside, like... I mean I'm inside the whole day today, I decided to hibernate like I had a cycle bar class uh, planned, I had facial planned, lunch with my mom planned, I had all these errands I was about to run planned, and then I just like, you know, made that tomorrow's problem because I decided on Friday evening, when I saw what the weather's gonna be for today, I was like, oh there's no way, I'm not stepping a foot outside my house unless I absolutely need to, and so I decided to, you know, say no to that, And here I am, I am not going outside. I'm one of those people who do really bad in extreme weather, whether it's extreme heat or cold. Um, And I take it very personally, like (laughs) this is dramatic Sarah speaking, so that's a disclaimer in advance. But like, let's say that like I walk outside on a really cold day. Just like I do on a regular basis, I walk outside ready to share my positive vibes with the world, positive vibes only. And then I get slapped in the face with the cold wind like I'm offended, you know, that is just like not how I do life. So (laughs) I warned you, dramatic Sarah speaking, but, you know, I made a point, right? I said I don't do well in extreme cold. So here I am inside and I'm going to be productive as I can inside the house today so that's me Um, what are you guys doing today (laughs) i hope you're not outside but if you have to be or you are stay warm and you know enjoy yourself some like hot cocoa when you get back inside okay so let's go on with today's um topic for today which says wisdom's progress and the verses we're reading off of are from proverbs chapter 9 verses 7 to 9 where it says whoever corrects a mocker invites insults Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke the mockers, or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. So, I guess we're being taught to distinguish two different types of people when we're trying to impart wisdom onto them. And one group of people is a group of people who are open and receptive to receiving wisdom, and another group of people is a group of people who is basically the opposite, close-minded and cynical and maybe even mocking of wisdom. And I feel like this is a useful message for us Christians because We are very clearly instructed in the Bible to evangelize, bring the good news to other people, right? So they themselves can, you know, experience transformative lives with Jesus and have a shot at, you know, like spending their eternity with God in heaven, knowing him and praising him for the rest of their lives. And, you know, like as we are practicing that um, call to evangelize, this is an important, um, I guess, tool of advice to keep in mind because we're going to come across a variety of people when we try to evangelize we're going to come across people who are very open and receptive and then of course like people in the middle and then people who are completely closed-minded and will even mock what you have to say they will reject you and i have come across all variety of people when i've tried to evangelize myself growing up you know since i was little and you know, I guess this is something that I should have, um, you know, learned a little bit earlier on. But yeah, like this reminds me of two other passages in the Bible where it says in the, one of the gospels, Jesus instructs his disciples to not cast pearls onto swines. Um, which was his metaphorical way of saying like when you go out into the world and when you share the gospel of Jesus and they are rebuking you for that and they are mocking you for that, then walk away. Like don't keep on investing your time and energy and effort into like, you know, like banging the truth like (laughs) on their heads. It's not going to work. You know, some people are never going to accept the truth about God walk away like you don't need to shove it down their throats right and it's not like it's our job as christians to convert anyone anyway like we don't even have the ability to do that only god and the holy spirit can do that so for us as mere like vessels and messengers of the gospel when we notice that like there are people who are not receiving it it's fine like that's not on us walk away because there are so many other people out there in the world who will be receptive and open to receiving the gospel. So be wise with your time and invest your time pouring out onto them, right? Um, And setting them or helping them get, you know, get on the path of discovering God for themselves and developing a relationship with God for themselves. And um, another passage is from the book of Acts where I think it's Apostle Paul and oh my gosh, I'm like convicted right now to like brush up on my Bible knowledge. But I think it's Apostle Paul. He's instructing his disciples before they're about to go into like different towns and cities to evangelize. He tells them like when you go into their homes and you are not welcome and they reject you, don't even take offense, just shake the dust off your feet and move on, walk away, right? So I feel like this is a specific call For us Christians, like when we are going through our daily lives and we come across opportunities to evangelize, when we are encountered with people who mock what we have to say, who reject what we have to say, like it's okay, number one, and walk away. It's fine. There are so many other people out there. We only have finite amount of time and energy and effort we could be pouring out onto people. And so it is on us to use our wisdom to like know who it's worth investing, all of that on, right? And of course, just like a thing here for us to remind ourselves of is when we are sharing the gospel, we are sharing the gospel with love, not shame and judgment, right? Because that's what turns everybody off. Like even in certain like Christian church settings, when I'm being spoken to about me um, with like judgment from like a fellow Christian, then I... I'm not going to listen to you either. So, I mean, I just think this works with any human. Like, if you're speaking with judgment and shame, you know, layered with like your message of the gospel, like, don't be surprised if nobody's like reacting to that. You know what I mean? So as we are sharing the gospel and the truth about God with love, and we are met with mockery and rejection, walk away. And when we're met with people who are open and at least curious, then... Go for those people, right? Help them learn about the Jesus that you know. Help them discover the love of Jesus and like find their identity as sons and daughters of God, right? I don't even know if that's like the topic that's going to be emphasized today, but those are like my immediate thoughts reading the Bible verses here. So, you know, there's that. Okay, so the input from the authors is life rebukes us through the hard knocks of trials and troubles, which show us our weaknesses and foolishness, Friends help us grow through the bracing love of correction. These are the two versions of wisdom's main teaching method, the quote-unquote comeuppance. So I guess we're being told two different ways that we can make progress in wisdom throughout life. And one of them is the lessons we extract from the struggles that we go through in life. And then the second one is um, like friends calling us out with love of course on things that we can improve um and i am definitely resonating with both of those methods except i while can definitely relate to the first method i cannot with the second method because i have friends who don't call me out on things like i know i'm not a perfect person because like literally who is but they don't call me out on things they compliment me and they praise me and they have good things to say about me but they don't ever call me out and i have always wondered why you know and honestly when i do like get really specific and intentional and probe my friends about like what I can improve like in my life in general and in my friendship with them then they'll like tell me something to work off with but then most of the times just like no and I've tried to come up with like theories of why (laughs) and so here's one um maybe all my friends are people who are just passive and they're not up for shaking any feathers you know or whatever the phrase is they want to maintain peace at all times they don't like conflicts they don't like calling people out it makes them nervous or scared or whatever so like they don't even do that with me or their other friends in life um second theory is they like i don't know just have low standards for friendship so like whatever flaws i do show as a friend it doesn't bother them as much um third one like maybe they already like talk about me to other friends behind my back so they don't need to like call me out straight to my face and they've already like had their outlet to like express their problems and like frustrations with me i don't know i'm just like coming up with all theories that would be so sad but like who's to say you know you can't trust anyone (laughs) and then four um i maybe it's just like this like culture and like trend of You just minding your own business and don't worry about other people you just focus on you sort of a thing um i don't know um but i am a person who appreciates critiques from friends and i know that sounds super weird because like who enjoys being called out but for me like i'm all about like self-improvement on in any given setting so it's like frustrating for me when like unless i probe my friends like don't tell me some things i could work on whether in my own life like i said or in my friendship with them and like even in school growing up like especially in my english classes because i wasn't always the best writer i would you know want my teachers to like call me out um not call me out but like leave me a lot of comments on my writing because those comments, I would never take them personally. I would be like, oh my gosh, thank you for showing me how I can improve because I only could like reflect on my writing so much to improve. You know, another pair of eyes with expertise in this field, um, I could really use that, you know, to get better because I wanted to really passionately get better at writing. I never was discouraged by any comments or critiques that my um teachers left me and it's the same thing in life too you know of course like if my friends were to like badger me with you know just list of things that made me feel horrible about myself that would be a different story but that's not the context here um so yeah like where it says friends help us grow through the bracing love of correction i don't know if i am personally resonating with that one and i do want to know for you guys like where you where are you guys with that like do your friends call you out you know on things that you could be better at like in life or in your friendship with them or like do you have to be like me and like probe your friends um anyway um my friend my family i would say are good at critiquing me but like i'm usually not receptive to their critiques because um, you know, their family. It's different. <laughs> okay, the further you go down the road with toward folly, the more you interpret all events as supporting what you always believed anyway, and when things go wrong, you blame others and circumstances for your problems. This hardens your heart rather than softening it, and it makes you less open to counsel than ever. Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still, but try to tell the mocker anything, and it will make him worse than he was before you tried. In the New Testament, Jesus laid out the principle, whoso Shall be given more. Um, the more wisdom you have, the more wisdom you will gain in every turn of the road of life. The less wisdom you have, the less you will learn from anything. So learn from your mistakes and your criticism at all cost. Um, okay, this is a bit of a cynical perspective or a comment after reading this, but you know the part where it says the more wisdom you have, the more wisdom you will gain in every turn in the road of life isn't that how it works with money and privilege too it's like the more you have of something the more you end up getting right wisdom money or privilege um yeah i feel like everything just begets itself i guess wisdom too right wisdom begets wisdom so let's say that like you feel like you weren't born with enough wisdom or like you didn't have certain life experiences to make you feel like you are holding on to enough wisdom then like strive for it like run after it and like yeah get it for yourself like you would do for anything else you want right just because you were born with a little bit of money doesn't mean that you're not gonna not strive for it and like you're never gonna be able to get as much money as you want like if you work for it you're gonna get it you know what i mean um so i guess it's the same thing here and like we are being instructed to um seek it right where it says so learn from your mistakes and from criticism at all cost um we're being told at all costs seek wisdom it's that important okay um when was the last time you let someone or something change your mind about a significant issue okay um okay i actually have a story to tell um pretty recent so starting this early this past week on monday um i don't need to give details about like who this person is but there's this person in my life that i don't like i don't have any like you know strong feelings of hatred towards her or anything but i because we're not even close by any means but i have she still happens to be in my life so i still have to see her um and When I see her, I don't want to say hello. I don't even want to do the whole like fake act of niceties or pleasantries because I see her being friendly to everybody else but me. And I never did anything wrong except to be friendly. So I don't know what it is. And I don't care enough to ask um, because it's not like I don't think that's going to like solve anything anyway. But you know, when I see her, I don't want to even say hi okay that's where it is but then but then starting this Monday I had something happen in me where when I saw her I was reminded of the bible verse about like Jesus loving us first when we didn't we didn't deserve to be loved and I tried to like kind of internalize that for myself and make make it into my own practice so if Jesus um loved people when they were unlovable then and i'm instructed to be like jesus then i should make efforts to do that right so i said hi with a smile and i even asked her how are you because usually i don't and she doesn't do that to me either like it's like an awkward vibe um but you know why? You know how I was able to do that? I had to do like a mental face transplant. I had to put Jesus's face into her face. I had to have Jesus embody her. And I thought when I was going to do that, nothing was going to happen. But that's what got me to like put my hand up and like wave hello and say hi. And I was honestly fascinated because it worked. Like seeing Jesus in another person worked because at that moment, I saw her as... Daughter of God, as a child of God, as a creation of God, and that is the only perspective of her that allowed me to look her look upon her, not upon her, but like look at her with love and not hatred, right because that 's what would normally happen um and I started testing this out with other people i don't like, and it worked, oh my goodness, like it 's like the weirdest thing, but that simple face transplant, not that I know what Jesus looks like but Just like trying to understand Jesus' love and trying to emulate his love and trying to see Jesus in people allowed me to do something that in my sinful flesh, I could not have done on my own. So this is like no credit to me. It's just Jesus. So I guess like the significant issue in this question is loving people who don't deserve to be loved, quote unquote, you know, don't deserve to be loved by me um and what was that something or someone that changed my mind it was jesus you know that something was jesus's love for me that you know took root in my heart and i was able to like implement that in my practice of interacting with people because you know it's not like in the bible god has instructed us to love people only if they are good to us god never creates any conditions Um, I can't say never, but like, you know, God doesn't create conditions for us to love people. He doesn't say love your neighbors, you know, unless they're rude to you, unless they make you feel bad, unless they hurt your feelings, right? And think about how Jesus demonstrated that as well. When he died on the cross for the humanity, he was hanging on a cross, right? All whipped and like bleeding over all over his body with a crown of thorns jabbed into his skull right hanging with like nails pierced through his wrists and his feet looking down on people who executed him and tortured him and were mocking him and calling him names and spitting on him like he looked at those people and he looked upon them with love like and that's my role model and like that's the kind of love that like you know like someone i worship bestowed onto other people so even though like you know for me like when i walk through life and i see people i hate like if i think of jesus in that scene then i have no excuse to not mutter a hi and ask a how are you you know Um, and it's always going to be a high standard for me because I know that like, as I go through life, I'm going to come across people who hurt me more than I've ever been hurt before. I mean, and I don't mean to like manifest like bad, you know, like events onto my life, but I've only lived 27 years. I have so many more years to live and I know it's not all going to be filled with like happiness and like good things, you know? So, to just like be prepared for that and be able to like have Jesus um, be a role model for how I live out my life, um, it's a big deal and it's a bit of a burden to me. But then I know that like this is where I surrender and this is where I let myself exercise wisdom right because the wise thing to do in life for me is to look at what Jesus did and emulate him not look at what Jesus did completely ignore it and then do whatever I want to do right and so that was like you know my moment of letting what Jesus did change my mind about a significant issue of like loving people when I don't want to so that's my answer to the question I want to know you know, like, how would you guys answer that question? Okay, so the prayer is, Lord, when things go wrong, or when I do wrong, help me to drop all my defenses, my blame shifting, and my self justifications. These are the tools of fools. Like a soldier, let me say to you, no excuse, sir, and learn what I should learn. Help me to start, help me start what happened, what? Help me, help me start with what happened yesterday. Amen. So I guess you guys, just to kind of like tie in today's topic with this prayer, I guess in order for us to make progress in our wisdom as we go through life, it is to when we come across struggles, when we come across these tempting opportunities to like um, like get all defensive and do whatever we want to do, we are to keep wisdom in mind, look to Jesus or for what he would want us to do and carry that out in our actions and in our speech right that's how we make progress right so that is it for today and i hope that you continue to have a beautiful saturday and i will check in with you guys tomorrow bye